Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. We're back on the air. This is the this is Mike Bell and you're listening to my real estate show. I've been selling homes for about 20 years. And a recruiter after me is validating that I'm in the top 1% of all realtors in the nation. So that's cool. Great to be wanted. I thought you were top in the universe. Man. Uh, which universe? Bruce, I haven't introduced you yet. Hold on a second. I've got to get through this. I'm a licensed broker here in the state of California in the newly named Bureau of Real Estate. We're no longer the Department of Real Estate. Thanks to Governor Jerry Brown's consolidation plan. So we're now under consumer affairs. A little minutia there. I only work on referral. You won't find my ads in newspapers or magazines. I don't run ads because that's how other realtors get their business. I only work on referral. Bruce, thank you for joining us. I'm here with Bruce Side. He's the uh, director of KW Commercial. And... Um, I figure I'll just jump right into this. I have other things I have to announce, but say hello. Hello. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming with your busy schedule. Um, every day I'm learning something new in real estate, and I don't sell or do commercial real estate. Uh, you actually put on seminars on why you should invest in real estate. This is going to be a great show. Now, this is a call-in show. You can reach me by calling 888 888- Go for it. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT, 888-463-6748-4888. My producer is flapping his hands. I'm not supposed to announce it like this. It's 888-463-6748. After the show, you can always call me on my personal cell at 888-401-1555. My email is mikebell at kw.com. My website is themikebellteam.com. Well, our topic today, I promise you, all the know-it-alls will like it. It, We're going to be talking about real estate investments. It's really called Real Estate Investments 101. We're going to be pretty light on the numbers, but my guest today is Bruce Side. As I said, he's the director at KW Commercial here in Pasadena. He also works with clients throughout the greater LA area, and he has investments all over the country. Hi, Bruce. And, and clients all over the country. And clients. That's good. Yeah, well, that's – let's hope so. <laughs> um, Bruce, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a Libra. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's a different show. I've been uh, a licensed real estate agent for 10 years. Uh-huh. Got into it by way of real estate investing and decided uh, I could represent myself and other people. I love teaching people about the value of investing in real estate how to do that, how to grow their wealth, and mm-hmm. being a real estate agent has given me that opportunity. I'm a commercial investment agent. I don't sell houses. That's what you're an expert at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live here in Los Angeles, and I'm happy to be on the show today. Well, we've got a long outline and a lot to hit. We're going to talk about the eight advantages of investing in real estate. And we're not going to be pumping this one book, but there is a great book out there. It's called... I have it right here. The Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. I'm actually looking at page 99 with the headline, Real Estate, a Most Able Investment. 
And I thought this was a fantastic outline to just to start with, just the very basics of real estate. And, and a lot of this, uh, well, you and I know it. Um, it's amazing how many people don't. It is. It's amazing. Uh, this is a book I use as a tool in uh, some of the seminars I teach. It's a very nuts and bolts, ground up, uh, fairly timeless book about how to become a real estate investor. And mm-hmm. it gets very, very advanced, but it, the basics of it are very, very important and, and really exposed to uh, a lot of uh, things people don't normally know about real estate. And the book is focused more on investing on the single family side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, investments can go uh, as small or as large as, as someone's able to uh, work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a key word, able. We're gonna, able. We'll, we'll constantly be talking Unintended about Unintended pun. Yeah, I love this list in the book uh, about real estate being an able investment because it uses kind of this catchword to kind of demystify and show the advantages of real yeah. estate that, that aren't normally there. I always like to kind of let people know that real estate's, in my opinion, one of the best kept secrets. I mean, everybody loves to talk about real estate. Everybody knows about real estate. Everybody hears about the market ups and downs. But when it comes to investment, um, we're not always talking about it as much. We, we open a, a money magazine and we see advertisements from the big mutual fund companies and the big funds and the, and the brokerages and where to put your money in traditional investments like the stock market and bonds. We never see real estate ads in those magazines. That's um, right. We never hear our financial advisors and planners necessarily advocating that we get involved in real estate. And part of it, I think, is a lack of understanding. And part of it is just what's a little bit more mainstream, which is, you know, we're, we follow the Dow. We follow mm-hmm. the numbers on the news mm-hmm. and not so much. Uh, no one really follows real estate unless it's bad. Then they then they start hearing about it in the news. But as an investment vehicle, I think it's the best one out there. I think people uh, obviously need to do what's right for them and, and plan with their professionals. But there's a lot to it I don't think people realize. And I hope I can tell you about some of that today. Well, yeah, we're going to be talking about the basics and um – one of the things that you were talking about is when you do talk to a financial advisor, how often do they – I mean, you can call any financial advisor. How often will they tell you to go co- go buy a house in the Midwest that will kick off a 15% return? Are they going to say that? Well, I've found a few who do, which is why I refer them <laughs> off all the business from my like clients. You. I, I think some are looking at a more diversified portfolio. Sure. Everyone's looking at diversifying within your – your portfolio of stocks and bonds, yeah. but uh, some will actually look outside and say, you know, why not be involved in real estate? Obviously, that's my industry and your industry. Mm-hmm. Most of my investments are in real estate, but still, I think it's important to be diversified overall. Um, real estate's associated oftentimes with a lot of risk, and yeah. I think that's a big fallacy that we uh, we touched on briefly before the show. We talked a little bit, and it's something that we could actually have a whole separate hour show on. Oh, yeah. Um, but the one thing you need to know about real estate is it's not a, it's not a get rich quick thing. It's a, it's a steady process. It can go fast. Um, but it's, it's not liquid. You cannot take the money out of your house in a day. You can take yeah. the money out of your stock account in a day. Mm-hmm. So anybody getting involved in real estate needs to have the time, needs to have the assets to the capital to be able to get mm-hmm. in, but mostly needs to be able to have the time because there's a cost to selling real estate, just like a stock would have a commission. And if you, sell it too quickly, you're not going to realize even the money that you put into it. So uh, we'll go a lot more into other things at another time, but I'd like to talk to you about some of these things that I call these, that make this an able investment. And again, this is right out of Gary Keller's book, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, New York Times bestseller. Uh, We're not pitching the book, but I do think it's a great opportunity for people to understand a little bit more. Well, there's eight items in here, and they all end in the word able. And uh, 
But there's actually a bonus. There is a bonus. I haven't. It's, it's a ninth one that I like to talk about, and I haven't figured out a, a word that would fit into this. So let's call it bonusable, okay. um, if that <laughs> makes any sense. And we'll just, this is a little bit out of order, but real estate is a an investment where it is possible, in my opinion, to buy a piece of real estate, an investment property for X number of dollars, and have it be worth significantly more at that exact same moment you bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, proof of this would be our distressed market with short sales and foreclosures that that are happening. Uh, in different markets at different times, um, buying a property that could use some quick fix-up. We're going to talk about that, but mm-hmm. it is possible to buy a $100,000 property that's worth more than $100,000, mm-hmm. whereas in the stock market, if you buy $100,000 worth of stock, at that day and time, that's exactly what it's worth. Now, mm-hmm. you may have a company that has growth. It may become worth a lot more, but if you turn around to sell it that same day, give or take the value that moved during the day, it's worth what you paid for. Mm-hmm. In real estate, it is possible to find hidden equity and buy a property sure. and have built-in equity. So we'll call it bonusable until I come up with a better word, but uh, that's something worth bringing up. And that's one of my favorite pieces of real estate is you can buy it right. You can find opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be everyone out there, and you need to be working with the right person to be able to bring those opportunities to you, but they are there. Um, the first official one on the list is going to be accessible, and that's actually an IBL, but um, – Anyone can buy real estate. It's fairly easy to understand. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to finance. As much as we're feeling like it's hard to finance, it's actually very easy to finance compared to a business or mm-hmm. another type of investment. Try to go to your bank and get a loan for $100,000 to buy uh, Apple stock. That's it's, true. They're, they're not going to be real crazy about mm-hmm. that. Whereas real estate gives them an asset that they can secure their loan with, and they know that that real estate is not going to be worth nothing the next day. Uh, neither probably would Apple stock, but they they gives them a security and they're more yeah. likely to loan on it. Um, there's no there's no huge barriers to entry other than the actual knowledge that you need to have to know where to start and the money you need to have to get into it. There are a, a lot of conventional and government backed loan programs. There's a wide variety of, of private programs. There's a lot of creative ways to buy properties with seller carrybacks, with partnerships where someone else is able to get the loan. Um, it's not as hard to get a loan as some people think. Lease options, there's a million ways. Uh, we, we can do a whole. Sh- we can do five shows on this. We'll make notes of all those. <laughs> um, so it, it is accessible. It's it's pretty easy to get. I think that getting the knowledge is the most important thing. Understanding either who to turn to for more information or getting that knowledge yourself is is crucial. Um, you don't have to understand everything about it, but it, it's much easier to understand the real estate investment market, not the actual market of what's going up and down, but how to buy properties, what to look for, how you make money off them versus looking at a company that might have a stock where how are you going to know the ins and outs of that company? There's mm-hmm. it, It's invest. And I'm not advocating real estate over the stock market entirely. It's obviously what my expertise is and what my industry is. That's where my investments are. But I, I think that it's, it's easy to learn. It's easy to tell people here's the advantages of it. And I think it's a pretty easy thing to get into. And just on the basic fundamentals on real estate or investing, you should do what you're comfortable with. You should do what you're, what you're that you know. You should do what you can actually do. You shouldn't really not, not necessarily jump into something you just don't know anything about. No. And real estate's a little more tangible. Everyone lives in a piece of real well, estate. Yeah. Um, and everyone understands the basics of it. Unlike the stock market, which I learned some hard lessons in before I became a real estate I'm investor. The same way. Um, you know, the internet bubble that that burned me years ago, and I haven't done it since. So I just well, the, the, real estate. The now. fact that somebody gives you a license to click a mouse and spend thousands of dollars at one time on something that you really don't understand yeah. um, is kind of like gambling, and I I do like gambling. I don't find real estate to be 
uh, a gamble if you do your homework and if you look for certain criteria. It seems to be a lot more stable, even when we hear about the bad times. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, we, we'll touch on this a little bit later, but a real, real estate is cyclical. And the people that sell in the bad times are typically the ones that lose. Mm-hmm. And if you buy it right and you're able to analyze that property and hang on to it long enough, you're going to make it through that cycle and on to the next one. And if you look at real estate over the last 20 or 30 or 50 years, it's a it's an up and down cycle that continually goes up. Think about what your parents paid for their house or what your grandparents paid for their house and what and where the value is now. Well, there's a lot of people that all want to get there's the get rich quick, you know, that you know, make money fast. Real estate is making money slow. It's a long term investment. And that's something that's forgotten by a lot of people. They think that you buy a house, it should be worth 50 grand more after a year. Those days are over. Well, sort of. <laughs> it really kind of <laughs> depends on where we are in the market. But I, it seems like the ones that are getting burned are the ones that have that expectation. You've got to be careful. You, yeah, but I, I, it's the, I think you get burned when you don't buy it right. Yes. And, and if you jump on the bandwagon, it doesn't mean that you're not going to still be buying it right. You can buy in a market that's appreciating and make money. You can buy in a market that's depreciating mm-hmm. and make money. It's it's if you buy it right and the property is going to support itself. Remember, we're not talking about a house that you're living in. We're talking about a yeah. rental house where you're going to have a tenant or an apartment building or a duplex. And if you analyze those numbers and you have enough information uh, and you do good tenant selection, a whole other topic as well, you can property make it through those downtimes. And property management and on and yes. on. Absolutely. We listen to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Bruce Side. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we're going to announce how people can get a hold of you. Okay. And you're here on the uh, Mike Bell Real Estate Show. All right. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. Our discussion is with our guest, Bruce Side, who is the director of KW Commercial here in Pasadena. And one of the one of the things I wanted to touch on was uh, there's a lot of, I don't know if they're naysayers or what, but they'll say that the stock market over the years has outperformed real estate as an investment. And I want to throw up my hands and say, wait a minute, you need to look at, what do you need to look at when you're, when, when somebody says that? Because it's, I don't think that's a fair judgment. Well, I hear that a lot and I don't have all the actual 20 and 30 year analysis of the numbers. But I think what's really important to keep in mind is that the two investment vehicles are so different that they're not apples and apples. And if you say that the the stock market has made 8 to 10% over the last 20 or 30 years on an annualized average basis, and real estate has only made 5 to 6%, that's not a fair comparison. Mm -hmm. And and the other seven of the able reasons, kind of why we're going to go into this here, explain that a little bit more, but there's so many differences that that is not a fair comparison. You would have to look at the actual return on investment that you make from a securities or bond type investment compared to the actual return on investment you would make from a real estate investment. And there's a lot that goes into that return. It's not just how much in value that the property goes up because that's one small part of how we make money as real estate investors. So it's it's not a quick answer, There's but a lot it's not, it. I don't think that's a fair assessment. It's definitely not a fair assessment. Um, well, we're on number two, appreciable. Appreciable. So these, uh, I think they go alphabetical order, but um, real estate increases in value over time. Yeah. And 
yes, it has dips. We all know that. We've all seen the, you know, we're on our way out of yeah. one or some say we are out of one. Well, there have been lots of them. Almost every decade has, has had a dip. Uh, if you buy at the peak mm-hmm. and you sell at the dip, you're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. And that's true with stocks and it's true with businesses yeah. and, and anything. Um, real estate ap- ap- appreciates over time. I remember uh, a house my parents bought in the early 60s for $20,000 that later sold for about 80 times that. And uh, those are the days. I did my math right. 40 times that. Sorry. Um, it does go up and it goes up because just of general inflation. Uh, inflation drives us up. The dollar it becomes weaker. Things get more expensive. Think about what we pay for a gallon of gas today versus sure. what it was when, you know, 20 years ago mm-hmm. when we got our driver's license. Way more than 20 years ago. Um, the uh, the cost of materials goes up. Uh, labor goes up. Wages go up. The minimum wage is like three times what it was. And so wages have gone up as much as people are struggling. All of these costs go up. And if it costs more to build a house, it's going to cost more to buy a house. And so just general inflation is going to drive up the value of real estate. And then we have supply and demand. Uh, the population is growing. I don't want to throw numbers out at you, but the population is is growing. It's growing and quite a bit. Yeah. More and more people need places to live. Also, the population of home ownership is growing, which speaks to maybe the, the single family market versus the the apartments that people are moving out of. So mm-hmm. there's um and there's great opportunities in both, but it with more and more people um and the infla- things getting more and more expensive, if you buy an investment today down the road, it's likely going to be worth more. There is never a guarantee in any sort of investment, but that appreciation makes a lot of money for a lot of people. Now, when I analyze an investment, I don't generally even factor in appreciation. When we're looking at an investment with a client sure. I'm working with, we look at how it performs and how does it perform today and whether it's worth 10 or 20% more or less in the future, how will it perform? And if the property is making money, putting money in your pocket, you aren't necessarily in a position where you have to sell it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all part of buying the property right that we depends on your strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not speaking to flips. This is not speaking to uh, it is still possible to make money quickly. But it, the the a long term, slow, steady approach is what we're, that's what makes you wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing would be it's leverageable. This is a huge, huge part of real estate. You can buy technically on margin. You can buy real estate with someone else's money. <clears throat> It, the bank's money, generally. Very few people are paying cash for either the house they live in mm-hmm. and, or, or the rental properties that they're buying. And, and speaking of the house you live in, that is generally the single biggest investment somebody would make. Yeah. And oftentimes it can become the person's greatest investment. And it oftentimes can also become their very first rental property. When yeah. somebody outgrows a house in a down market, sometimes they don't sell the house. They turn it into a rental. I became an accidental property owner. I, I moved out of state and I rented my house out and all of a sudden I was an investment property owner. And then I bought another and another. And it's, um, I'm getting off the topic here, but regarding. Yeah, in a way, not really though. I have a transaction. We just closed the transaction yesterday. It was a lease transaction. And this gal in Pasadena interviewed a whole bunch of realtors. I was the only one that showed up and said, what's your monthly nut and why don't, which is your expenses? And why don't you just hold on to it and let me rent it out for you? And with appreciation, and maybe this is a long-term investment for you, but your basis is pretty low and your taxes are pretty low. Why don't you hold on to it? And initially she said no, and then she said, wait a minute. And we started running numbers. Well, I I lost a sale. I got a great client. She loves me to death, and she's going to refer me to all of her friends. But we did a little lease for her, and 
I'm, I'm very thankful for it. I did the right thing. But you know what? She is now a real estate investor as of yesterday. She is. And, and there are She's so many advantages to that you may not have even gone over in the, in the time you had to talk to her about whether it was right to sell or lease. So uh, back to, to leverageable, um, we can get – you can get wealthy through debt. I mean, I'm, this is good debt, in my opinion. This is not credit card debt. This is not consumer debt. Yeah. This is debt that I'm borrowing from, money I'm borrowing from a bank that's going to help me get wealthy. It's going to help me buy a piece of property that's going to grow in value and put cash in my pocket every mm-hmm. month. And ultimately, you can't do that with most other investments. Um, you, uh, yeah, we, we don't pay cash for houses. And if you do, there's still good investments out there. There are people that can't qualify for loans. There are people that just don't want to have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, in most scenarios, the the ultimate return on your investment is likely better in a piece of real estate when you finance it as opposed to when you don't. But that depends on where interest rates are, and it depends on the, the sort of return that you're able to get on that investment if you don't put financing. And that's place. an easy spreadsheet for you to put together for any of your clients that are thinking about buying with cash or leverage. I would assume or I would think that a lot of them, if they were cash, they may, they're actually reconsidering and saying, why don't we just leverage it? Which is there's just more purchasing power. We can buy more properties, and the and the return is not yeah. that much lower. No, it's generally much much higher. Uh, I, we had someone the other day that was looking to buy a property. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's much higher. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> for uh, for about five hundred thousand dollars, they were going to pay yeah. cash. Well, uh-huh. if they bought two five hundred thousand dollar properties and put two hundred and fifty down on each of them, they the actual return on their investment would have been almost double. And even more so if they would have bought three properties with that same money. Now, that doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work in every scenario. But uh, being able to leverage the property can work hugely to your advantage. You can you can leverage a property on the way in, which helps you buy a house. Mm-hmm. You can leverage a property after you've bought it. Uh, you've owned a property long enough. It has equity in it. You can take that money out of the house by way of a refinance or an equity line and do something good with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating going on vacation with it. But if you take Why it not? out – well, that's how the country got into trouble before. We all used our houses as, as ATMs. If you take the money out and you, you invest it and you have that money work for you, you've taken the money out tax-free. You take $100,000 out of a property. Yeah. You don't pay taxes on it, whether you go on vacation with it or whether you buy another property. Yeah. And you can, you can leverage yourself with your own equity in those properties. So there's an advantage going in to get a loan. There's an advantage down the road to get a loan. Most people like to keep a certain amount of equity. You don't want to be over-leveraged. That's where... People got into trouble when the market shifted. Um, one great example of leverage, I, I love to tell this example, is if, if you invested $100,000 in the stock market and it made 10% in any given amount of time, you would have made a $10,000 profit. Now, that could be we could be saying 10% in a year. We could be saying it's five years. But in any yeah. given period of time, 10% on $100,000 is $10,000. Yes, you could buy a million-dollar piece of real estate, hypothetically, f- for the same $100,000 down. Now, it would probably take closer to 20% to buy that, but, mm-hmm. but that same $100,000 down. The million-dollar piece of real estate appreciates 10%. That means the value goes up $100,000. Yep. You invested $100,000, so you didn't make, the real estate went up 10%, but your investment grew 100%. And that's the big difference between the, what we would talk about the stock market outperforming real estate. Yes, if the stock market goes up 10%, you made 10% on your money. But if the real estate market goes up 10%, you might have made 50, 60, 70% on your money, depending on how much you had to put down to buy that property. Honestly, if you're listening to this, rewind 20 seconds and write those numbers down. Leverage is huge. 
Absolutely. And the rate of return in real estate is generally higher when you factor in leverage because it, it can be double, it can be triple sometimes what it would be if you pay cash for the property. And again, it's a factor of interest rates. We can always run an analysis on any given property. By the way, um, we're talking about um, how people contact you. I want to make sure we get this out a few times in the show. And you work with people nationwide, but how do how do people reach you, Bruce? I do. I have I have investors all over the country. I work with investment projects all over the country. I'm based here in the Los Angeles Pasadena area, uh-huh. but um, it doesn't limit what we're able to bring to people's attention and help them with. My uh, phone number is six two six two zero four. 3399. That's my direct office line. My email is Bruce Side, B-R-U-C-E-S-E-I-D at KW.com. And the website is also BruceSide.com. And I'd love to hear if you have any questions uh, about anything we've talked about or anything else. I'd love to be able to help you out. Well, we, uh, we come from the same company, Keller Williams. It's a huge international network of agents. And earlier this year, they announced where we have more agents. We're the largest real estate company in the nation. And I believe we're in more countries than any other. I don't. We keep. We're opening up in more countries. We just opened up in Africa. Growing believe quickly. Not, we're growing quickly. But the power of the network, which I use all the time, is that I have clients call and say. Well, I have people that call and say, "I wish I could hire you, Mike, but I'm in Nebraska, and I can find somebody pretty much just like me in Nebraska if you need that." You provide the same service, a free yeah, service. People need to understand that we're licensed in the state of California, yeah. which means we're not going to be signing real estate contracts yeah. in, you wouldn't in want Nebraska. Us. But it, we can still be involved in a, in a potential transaction, and we can still help to find the right fit for somebody anywhere in the country through our network. So absolutely, whether it be investment property or someone needs to buy or sell a home. And not all realtors are created equally. I mean, we have a lot of realtors out here. We have 2,600 in our local board of realtors. And last year, only 20% of them closed a transaction. And of, of those that closed a transaction, only half of them closed only one transaction. And I don't know what the numbers are for commercial real estate. I would think there's probably more people that are in, more, more agents in commercial real estate are actually doing more deals. Because if you're not doing deals in commercial real estate, you're just, you're, you're out of the business. You're going somewhere else. You're working for somebody else, right? But the key is use an expert. Absolutely. You're my guy. You're my guy. (laughs) Uh, Well, you're listening to the Michael Real Estate Show. We're here with the director of KW Commercial, Bruce Side. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. Our discussion is here with our we're here with our guest Bruce Side, who's the director of KW Commercial in Pasadena. We're talking about the advantages of owning real estate, investing in real estate, and we're going through the eight ables in our book here. But we're not pumping the book, but it is a great book. Uh, number one, accessible. Number two, we've hit is appreciable. Number three, we just um, we went through was leverageable, and Bruce. We're on number four. Right? Yeah, and we started actually with our bonus one, which we probably would have put at the end, but it was so important. Yeah. Bonusable. Bonusable. Buying a property and finding that built-in equity where you've made money before you even start. That's one of the most important ones. Next one is rentable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this relates to cash flow. You know, that is, that's the big word that everybody, the buzzword, cash flow, cash flow. Uh, I'll make it very clear. If a property cash flows, 
It doesn't mean it's a good investment. Yep. It just means it puts some money in your pocket. That money has to be converted into a rate of return in order for somebody to analyze whether it's actually a good investment or not. If uh, I, I've done scenarios for people and they said, oh, I cash flow $100 a month and we run the numbers and they're making 0.35% on their investment, mm-hmm. they'd be better off putting it in a, in a bank account. Sure. Well, not necessarily because there's still other advantages to real estate, but it, cash flow is not the most important thing. It is important and you certainly don't want to buy a property that's not going to cash flow, but just because it cash flows doesn't mean it's a good investment. You know what I love about this rentable? You have a stranger paying your mortgage. Yeah. A strain, there's a stranger out there that's paying for your investment. They're Fantastic. making you wealthy. They're, they're paying somebody else they're, is making they're you wealthy. paying your loan down. If it's on a 30-year loan, it's going to take a while. If it's on a 15-year loan, it's more obtainable. Most people don't pay properties off completely, mm-hmm. even even on the investment side, but somebody is paying your loan down. I love it. And somebody is paying for the gardener and the utilities and the manager, all of that is covered by the rent that they pay. And obviously, a good investment has rent that's higher than all of your expenses. Your taxes, your insurance, there's 20 categories I could throw out that, that, are, that are part of it. And if somebody's paying the rent every month, it helps me pay those things and puts money in my pocket, I'm, I'm winning on multiple levels. My property's potentially going up in value. My loan is getting smaller and smaller. I'm putting money in my pocket. And we've got some great, huge tax benefits that we'll touch on in a few minutes. Well, the, the little transaction that I just put together yesterday that we finished the lease, we have, a, we have essentially a stranger moving into my client's condo, and it was her primary residence. And not to get into all these tax stuff, and you're supposed to talk to your CPA to get tax advice, mm-hmm. but there's a $250,000 exemption that my client could take advantage of as long as uh, she's lived there for two of the last five years. Mm-hmm. So the strategy right now is to hold on to it for almost three years. Ask the tenant to leave and sell it. You know, the, the way real estate is going, I mean, if, it's, if, if it goes up, this property is worth about $500,000. And if it goes up by, I don't know, 6% a year for the next two and a half years. And, and right now, her monthly nut is about two hundred dollars less than the rent she's. So she's she right. so cash. not only is her cash flow in her pocket from that, the unless she has an interest only loan, the tenant is paying her mortgage yes. down, and the property is appreciating, and she may not even know about the tax benefits that that are going to vary person to person. Consult your CPA. She does now. I told her to talk to her CPA, but. She can make an extra thirty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars tax free. Absolutely, absolutely. And here's one of the great things about a rental property: if it doesn't appreciate and it's putting cash in your pocket and it's paying your loan down, and you sell it in ten years for exactly what you bought it for, aren't you ahead of the game? You're still ahead of the game because you put all that money in your pocket. Yeah, and you've 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 got the equity that you've built into the property. Okay, so that was rentable. The next one is improvable. Number five. Uh, a lot of people were into the flip market when that was hot. That's mm-hmm. a way to buy a property, improve it, and sell it quickly. But there's a lot to be said for the sweat equity that you can put into a property. You can improve a residential property. Residential is typically one to four units, a house, a condo, a duplex, a four unit, very simply by painting it, landscaping it, sure. adding on square footage. If it costs you $200 to build a master bath and bedroom on – and real estate in your area is selling for three to $500, just adding that on is going to add value to your house. Curb appeal, paint, and carpet are the number one things that you should do to a house. Absolutely. And to, to increase value. You'll also get more rent. 
for yep. a house or and we're Absolutely. talking about this as an example of a house, but whether it's an apartment or not, mm-hmm. a nicer, cuter apartment is going to get more money in the same area than the dump with the weeds in the front yard. Uh, so you can build value through, through equity. There's oftentimes there's hidden value in a property, maybe related to what's the highest and best use of that property. Sure. Uh, I'm working on a deal right now that's a, a 10 suite office building that used to be a 10 unit apartment building. And they converted it. They pulled all the kitchens out, pulled all the tubs and showers out, converted it into offices because in that market when they did that in, it became worth significantly more money as an office building than it did as a residential building. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, an empty lot could be a parking lot. A uh, Apartments have been converted into condos. It's always important to also look for the highest and best use of a property. Now, a single-family home is generally just going to be a single-family home, but we have uh, all these – Potential hidden values. Uh, another one is, is this comes back to buying it right. It's not really making money from improving it, but it's making money from finding that opportunity or sure. uncovering a legal issue or finding a way to get rid of a tenant that's paying low rent that could be paying much higher rent that maybe bumps the value of your property. And there's a very big difference between residential and commercial property, which would be a five-unit apartment or up. And mm-hmm. there's too much to talk about in this conversation, but uh, in commercial property, the more the income is, the more the property's worth. Yeah. In residential property, that's not entirely true. Um, and then the last one in, we'll probably talk about before we go to a break here is this big one of the tax benefits. Now, mm-hmm. keep in mind, everybody can benefit to some degree from the tax benefits of real estate. Not everybody is going to get all the advantages, and sure. that's why we tell you to talk to your CPA, your personal uh Scenario, your what you do for work, um, how much income you have is going to affect which of these you're able to take advantage of. But but here they are, and this is this well, is important. The, the government wants people to buy real estate. There's two things in the tax code that I, it's my opinion, we didn't talk about this before, that we're incentivized as Americans to start new, start small businesses. Mm-hmm. And buy and sell real estate. Absolutely. Because if, if you took all the investment properties out there and got rid of them, there'd be nowhere for most of the people to live, and everybody might look to the government for that. So they're very but generous. it's a job creator, too. It is. The homes, they say uh, the, the latest edition of Realtor Magazine said something like 600 jobs are created on average for every house that sells. And that goes from the real estate agent, to the appraiser, the guy that fixes windows, the gardener, the plumber, mm-hmm. the, the guy that makes windows. There's 50 people that maybe make that window on and on and on. Absolutely. So the three, I call it the three D's. I think a lot of people probably call it the three D's. They are deductible, depreciable, and deferrable. So we'll hit them one at a time. Um, Everything related to a rental property for the most part is deductible against that rental property. Now this is, I'm not a CPA. I can't give this advice, but you generally can write off the maintenance and the upkeep of the property, the taxes and the insurance, your interest, your management fees, your advertising, utilities. Things you couldn't sure. write off on your home. You can't write off your utility bill. You can't write off yeah. your homeowner's insurance. Um, those become deductible against the rental property, and you generally run a whole separate schedule on your tax return. And that's that's huge because it. Uh, I have rental properties in other states. When I when I fly to the, visit those properties, that potentially could be a deductible expense depending on how my CPA does things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. <laughs> we're not advocating anything. Uh, Gray here, just that it's just a matter of these laws are very complicated and how they apply to people sure. is is a little bit different. But it is deductible. Mm-hmm. So when you when you're you're not you might collect a thousand dollars a month in rent. That's twelve thousand dollars a year in income. You're not paying taxes on twelve thousand dollars a year. You're paying taxes on the difference between what you've collected and generally what the expenses are. And that ultimately becomes your cash flow number that we talk about. Mm-hmm. The second one, very big, is called depreciation. 
What the government does is they give you what's called a paper loss. It's not a real loss. They essentially say that your house is, we know your house isn't going to be there in a hundred years uh, or a thousand years. You're talking about it, inve- not your personal residence, you're talking about an investment. Um, there's, a, there's a life to something that's man-made and mm-hmm. it eventually will fall apart. Well, the government says your house will fall apart over 27 and a half years. Now, they don't yeah. use that term fall apart, but they allow you to depreciate the value down over that 27 and a half years. You take now, the value and you cut it up into 27.5. You take the value of the improvement, not the land, because mm-hmm. the land will be there in a thousand years. Didn't Mark know. Twain say, buy land, they're not making it anymore? Exactly. I think, <laughs> was it him? Uh, so what, what the depreciation allows you to do is have a fake expense mm-hmm. that you can use to offset additional profit from your property. So first you deduct all of your expenses, and then you have this depreciation deduction. It might be $1,000, it might be many thousands of dollars, but it's a it's a deduction that you can hold against the income from the property and thereby not pay taxes on that rental income. Now, you will have to recapture that depreciation. Even if you're fixing the house, it's still you can still depreciate it. You are, you are actually required to depreciate it. This is interesting. <laughs> a lot of investors, are, their tax people will tell them, oh, you don't make enough money to depreciate. It's not going to benefit you. The problem is whether you took that depreciation or not, mm-hmm. when you sell the house, you have to pay it back to the government, to the IRS. Recapture. So it is very important. The word is recapture, mm-hmm. and it is important that if you own a rental property, Make sure that you are taking the depreciation because it can really come back to bite people. Um, so that depreciation, everyone can benefit from it because everybody can write off the expenses. Everybody can write off the depreciation. Mm-hmm. And that goes away after a while, 27 and a half years. Sure. But you can, you can hold that depreciation against additional profit and ultimately put money in your pocket from a rental property that you are not paying taxes on. And then the last thing is it's deferrable. You can own property in a retirement account, it's kind of complicated, but it can be done. You can own in a ten, in a uh, sorry, in a in a four hundred one k, in certain self directed IRAs, um, and you can use pre tax dollars to buy your house, whereas normally or your investment property, normally when you put the money down, it's money you've already paid taxes on. And then when you sell a house, everyone's probably heard of a ten thirty one exchange. That's a way to avoid paying capital gains and defer it to later on down the road. Mm-hmm. And you can sell one property and under a certain criteria. You can buy another property, and even if you have a several hundred thousand dollar gain, you can avoid paying any taxes on that until the end of the road. Well, the end of the road for some people is the end of their life. Uh, you know, through creating trusts in different ways, there's lots of ways you can talk to your attorney about and and ultimately potentially continue to defer this. But there's a huge benefit to being able to sell a house and not have to pay um, the taxes on it. And yeah. on a primary residence, you mentioned as there's an exemption the government currently has that lets you make money and not pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. On an investment property, that's not true. So if you exchange it, and a ton to talk about on that level, but you can defer and kick, kind of kick the can down the road as far as when you're paying your taxes and have more of your money working for you now because of all these tax benefits. So those are the, the huge, huge benefit from a tax level as to owning investment property that you would never get any of these benefits through other types of investments. And like, if you have a good CPA, they ought to be able to walk you through this too. They should. Or just hit rewind. <laughs> and note that we're not CPAs and we're not giving tax advice. Uh, well, this is going really quick. This is great, Bruce. Uh, we're here with Bruce Side. He's the uh, director of KW Commercial here in Pasadena, and we're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, and we'll be right back with you. We're going to be going into our last segment, hitting number seven and number eight. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Bruce Seid, Director of KW Commercial in Pasadena. We're on our last segment. We've gone through the eight advantages of investing in real estate. And we're on number seven, stable. Stable. Able, stable. There's the able thing, little uh, little we, word play. We kind of hit on this. Uh, yeah, real estate is slow to rise, slow to fall. Now, we've all seen or heard about markets that have done different things, but here's the reality. Your piece of investment property is not going to be worth 5 10 15% more or less than it was the day before, yeah. unlike some of the stocks I've been involved in where – uh, they can they can go belly up overnight and they're worth nothing. Real estate is slow. Uh, on average, it will probably in the five to six percent range over many many years. But there have been markets in the country that have gone uh, double digit up to twenty percent in a year, mm-hmm. and that's kind of we've seen some of the problems that have come from that. But it didn't happen quickly. It's still it's still moved. You can see it coming. You can be in it. It's not like a it's not like a tsunami that just catches you sure. off off guard. Um, so it's stable. We can if you can live through the cycle, you'll be fine. And the reality is if you buy it right and you place the right tenant and you and there's a there's a million things involved with well, not a million, of several things involved with, with being a property owner related to the risks and how to deal with things. But if you minimize that risk by doing your homework and, and setting things up properly and we can talk about that hopefully on a, at a at a future time. Um I just invited myself back, by the way. You're you're gonna come, right? We could do a few, quite a few more shows. <laughs> I'd love agree. to have you. So uh, if you can make it through that cycle and you've set yourself up properly, your investment's still going to make you money during that cycle. If, if the value of the property is down, it doesn't matter. Your tenant's still paying rent. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the rents drop proportionally, but generally not. And if you've if you've accounted for everything and you've done your numbers right, you're making money in up markets. You're making money in down markets. Mm-hmm. You may not sell in a down market, but if you can ride that cycle out you're going to be fine. So real estate is somewhat predictable. It doesn't just blindside you. You know, it's funny. is If you go into any bookstore and you go through the real estate section, it's full of success stories of people that have actually followed this advice, and they've been able to ride out the storm because they've made really wise decisions up front when they bought it. Even like Donald Trump. There's a – I forgot that one big book he came – is his first big book that he came out. And the, I remember the very first chapter was how his father – lent him some money to buy an apartment building and how it was totally trashed out and he went in and he fixed it and it, he ran through all the numbers and he bought it right and he did not buy in a in a good market mm-hmm. but he wrote it out yeah. and i think he made over he made over a million dollars by the time he was 25 and, and most people say they don't look back and say i should have sold more property people tend to look back and go wow i wish i owned that now because that. It, it certainly continues <laughs> to grow in value you know and it's important that you don't overpay for a property and that's that's part of where having the right professional working with you comes sure. in you have to have the right criteria the right analysis you have to buy it right it, you can overpay for a property in some situations and then it's going to be harder to write out those those downtimes okay the last one is is livable um it's a it's a shelter in more ways than one I have here. It's mm-hmm. it's certainly a tax shelter for a lot of people, but it's a shelter. You can always move into your rental property. Can't move into your mutual fund. Um, that's true. It's I became an accidental landlord, and that's how a lot of people become landlords. They own a house, they they buy another house, or they move out of state and they they rent their house. And sometimes that's a, a, a very good thing for them. And sometimes it's if they didn't know what they were getting into, they didn't set it up right. It can be problematic. Uh, in my case, it worked out really well. I, I put a professional manager in place, and I continued to buy properties and, and just continued to grow and grow. 
Um, it's uh, another thing I noted here is uh, I've, I've had first-time buyers that'll buy a property and bring roommates in, so they're kind of like mini little landlords, um, <laughs> and they're getting their mortgage offset by the other people that they're just renting rooms to. So it's maybe a way to start for some people. I would consider myself a a property owner, not a landlord. I've never met one of my tenants. I have professional managers in place in all the places I have properties. Uh, I've never uh, never had to go to court, never had to fix a toilet, never never had to deal with anything. I've had to pay for those things, mm-hmm. but they were all factored into the investment when I bought it. So um, it, there's just there's just so much to talk about, Mike. It's too bad it's only a, a, an hour show. Well, listen, uh, so say one of my clients, your clients is listening to this, and they go, you know, this all sounds great, but where the heck do I start? Where do you think they start? Should they go to the bookstore and buy a few books, call the good, a really good real estate broker? I mean, where do you start? If First of all, you got to have some money. to this show, they should call us. They should call me. They should call you. Yes, you do need to have some money, but uh, it is possible to not have the money, a, a, a lot of money, and still be able to creatively get yourself into some investments. Might require partners, might require creative financing, but... You know, money definitely is a barrier to entry, but it, it's not always as much as people think. You know, we're in Southern California. Home prices are expensive. There's parts of the country where uh, you can buy a house and your mortgage is less than what we would spend at Starbucks in a couple months. So um, it's all relative, and, and there's the right types of investments for everybody. I tell clients, ask your family. Sometimes family want to, wants to keep their properties in the family, and they're thinking about selling, and they didn't tell anybody. And you know what? They didn't offer to the grandkids or the cousins because they didn't think the cousins or the grandkids were interested. And that happens all the time. So I always tell my clients, talk to your family members. Say, I I want to be a real estate investor. Do you have, what's going on with grandpa's place? Or what's going on with, you know, you you never know because you may have some, but there's a, you know, I have some clients that are, they're in their sixties. They don't want to deal with apartments anymore. And they would love to be able to. I mean, maybe their loans are assumable. You just never know. There's Absolutely. so many different ways to cre- that, and they would just love the idea of not having to deal with the broker, or they just love the idea of being able to transition that into another, to a to a responsible generation of sure. cousins or nephews. There's opportunities. Or, uh, there's so many opportunities everywhere. The thing is, I mean, you get a lot of business this way, and I do too. Guess what? You gotta ask. Yeah. Just ask. Absolutely. And I, can I give my number again? Please. Uh, so if anyone has questions or, or need to know where to start, I'm at 626-204-3399. My email is my first and last name, Bruce Side, B-R-U-C-E-S-E-I-D, at KW.com. So here's a quick recap, Mike, of these, yeah. these eight ables. Uh, real estate's accessible, appreciable, leverageable, rentable, improvable, deductible, depreciable, and deferrable, which are, are all one part of the tax benefits, stable, and livable, and the big bonus is uh, we're calling it bonusable. All the extra uh, benefit you can get by buying a property right and finding some hidden value. Do I have time for a quick analogy? Yeah, quick, I, I want to hear it. Yes, um, this is also out of that book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent or Investor. I apologize uh, by Gary Keller, and it's a story that he's relayed from someone else. It's a story about um, uh, how compound interest is so powerful, and the idea is if you took a penny and you paid someone a penny. Every day you doubled it for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Okay, so day one you pay him a penny, day two you pay him two pennies, and that's one deal you can strike. Or you could give him $10,000 for the same month of work. Which do you think would be a better deal for you and which would be a better deal for the worker? To take $10,000? I'll give you $10,000 to work for me for the month, or I'll give you a penny today and I'll double it every day for 30 days. 
I'll take 10000 Because that sounds like a lot of money. It is. Do you know the number that a penny a day doubled for 30 days equals? Uh-oh. Take a guess. <laughs> can we erase this? Take a, you can edit this later. <laughs> take a guess. I don't know. Uh, it's over $10,000, obviously. A little bit. It's $10.7 million. $10.7 million. million. A penny. A penny. And you double it. It's a two, date, four, eight, So day 16, three, it's four yes, pennies. Yes, yes, yes. Then it's, eight pennies. It's unbelievable. Take out a calculator and play with this. In 30 days, it's a total gross revenue of $10.7 million. So can I change what, your answer? How this relates, you can change your answer. This just relates back to over time, real estate compounds on itself mm-hmm. as an investment. Mm-hmm. It's a great investment, great place to build wealth. I'm going to pay for my kid's college with it and my retirement with it. And there's so much to learn about it. And we're always happy to take questions and help people. Uh, you, you do get phone calls from na- nationwide people asking you, you know, I'm in certain area. What should I be looking for? Who should I be calling? I want to reiterate, this is a great free service that we provide is we'll find the agents for you because there's some, you can have a great, you can have an amazing website. It doesn't mean you're a good agent. There's there's agents in town that have a much better website than I do. And I know for a fact they don't sell anything because they spend all their time on their website or their blogs. You got to be careful. Yeah. The, the experience and the knowledge is a lot more important than the, than the image, I think. But, um, we're in a technological society. So we, um, we have the ability to connect you. We don't get paid by the hour. It'd be great if we could get paid by the hour. But um, no, we, we, I don't want to get just, paid by the hour. We just like helping people, and ultimately, helping people helps us. And we can we can help people in all situations in all parts of the country. It's a fun business, and part of the reason why I do this talk show is that the information needs to get out there. And there's so many people that just don't. People know. Most of my clients don't know about that two hundred fifty thousand dollar exemption or five hundred thousand dollar exemption on their personal residence. I would say most, most, almost every agent that they interview doesn't don't even bring it up. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The, and the false information that's out there is is you could write a book on that. Yeah. So we've got thirty seconds left. All right. Well, we got first future shows coming up. Um, Bruce, you're going to be on a number of them. We're going to do it. We're going to we're going to actually expand this commercial real estate 101, and we're going to go into leasing. We're going to go into apartments. We're going to go into um, the myths of real estate. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That'll be a really good one. We're going to be talking about appreciation, more about leverage. We're going to be talking about financing. It's going to be great. Look forward to it. Thank you for coming. Uh, this has been great. And uh, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. And uh, listen again. Take care, Bruce. Thank you. Thanks, so. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.